Hi friends, it's Steph, and this is a special episode for this week. I had a conversation with my best friend, Jen Knobel. Jen and I have been best friends since we were five years old, that's true, and doing the math, that would make this a 40-year-long friendship so far. I've always been the one who moved away. I moved away in third grade, but then we were reunited when in middle school, when our all our schools combined to be at the same middle school. And then about 10 years ago, I ended up moving to the West Coast. So this is our longest distance. We've survived and we've definitely stayed in touch pretty much daily thanks to Facebook Messenger and Instagram and we always try to have our girls getaways and get togethers when we can. Uh, We're definitely overdue for another one but I really wanted to record a conversation with Jen while Heather was off doing her story show. I thought it would be a good opportunity to just have a chat with Jen. She was my friend through a lot of ups and downs, including my times getting sucked in by the church, and that had a, an effect on our friendship. And also, just she's always been a working mom when I went from stay-at-home mom to working mom, and so that had a, its own interesting dynamic. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. We discuss a a whole bunch of things, especially a lot about what we're into pop culture-wise and reading and watching. That's, That's our jam. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope you're having an amazing week. Here's my conversation with Jen Knobel. I asked my mom for clarity because I wanted to make it was right, but we, um, we're going to go way back because we've been friends forever that we met during kindergarten registration. Yep. In 1982. Like, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yes. Which is uh, 40 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. 40, 41 or something like that. Yeah. Well, okay. it's 2022. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. and cause I like my memory was like, was it registration or was it first day of school? How did it all happen? Um, and then I'm the one that always moves away, No, (laughs) (laughs) but we still stay friends. And I was thinking like, what a, uh, tremendous example of long distance friendship we've had, uh, over, our lifetime really it is i'm through many life cycles and everything yeah and so i i guess i need to figure out where we even start (laughs) we don't have to bore them with all the childhood stuff i guess no we don't because i mean it was just you're just you've just always been a part of my life you know, I know, and so. I can't even remember when the gaps were like you moved and then we reconnected or like you came to join us in school and yeah, you know, like- third grade. Yeah. In third grade, I moved to, you know, what a mile away, different, <laughs> but went to different schools and, and it was like, I guess back when 
when you're not when you're not going to the same school you just don't hang out anymore like you hang out you know like you're you don't I don't know With the people Maybe, you're close yeah yeah because parents are like you're in the time you're in you know so we were yeah you know making new friends and then um sixth grade is when we all were reunited at the same middle school because the schools came together yes and uh it was like right back in yep I know like nothing had changed and middle school is yeah. a good time to do that because you need people that are familiar yeah. and that you feel close to and yeah and I feel like I did not now that I think about it when we gathered back in middle school I didn't really retain any friendship that were I had at that school I had, a really, I had a really, really hard time adjusting. Like, yeah. I remember crying, like, every day. I, I had a really hard time. And my mom worked at that school, so I think that might have made it even, like, easier for me to wallow because I could ask to go to my mom's mm. room, you know? Right, and, right. And go, like, I could, like, go seek out and, like, maybe powering through. Yeah, that's and true. So it took me a long time to adjust, but I felt because we moved in uh, the middle of winter break. So that, and it was from my memory, I don't remember being really prepared for it. I just remember it being Christmas break and we went on a trip. I think we saw my family in Louisiana. And when we got back, our house had been moved. Like our family back here had or back there had already moved for us and so it was a big shock and then I was starting at school so I don't yeah. I don't remember really saying goodbyes or like yeah. that was a hard transition yeah a little traumatic when especially when you can't be like saying goodbye to everything in your house and you're just kind of like forced to go you know yeah yeah and in new house was weird um, it was just a weird house. It was such a different, we went from like living in a big neighborhood full of houses next to each other and, and kids to we lived on like larger property and didn't know anyone. It was weird. And then, um, but I mean, I was just realizing now that when we can back in sixth grade, it's just like, I got back together with most of the people from the first, I hadn't really thought about that. For, I just never even realized that when we moved on to the middle school that the friends I had made at the new school didn't stick. Yeah, that's weird. But it's a whole bunch of elementary schools all coming together. So there's yeah. just so many more kids that you might not have known. And then ones you did know from the other school, from our school. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. I mean, Elise, the, she's in seventh grade and it's all the kids from the neighborhood have gone to the same elementary schools and then they're going to this middle school so it's like a smaller community but I feel like we went to middle school was like I don't even know anybody here (laughs) it was giant yeah but I feel like now you know now that I think about it it was huge and you just kind of are at the mercy of who is in class yep you know I think we lucked out by having classes together to reconnect yeah and then and then in high school I had the brief blip of Christian school my freshman year and there was only one year yeah 
okay. just one year. And then when I came back, I was still in that mode. So I remember being like such a little chicken you know I was I was afraid of everything and like I didn't like I wasn't part anything until like junior year I feel like I only caught on to be like oh I want to be in the plays I love theater and all that I wish I would have had the courage to get involved with that early on yeah I I just wasn't in the right space for it I guess but I'm glad I did because those are like the best I know (laughs) so although it but I just I don't know about you but I hated high school (laughs) I wouldn't go back I mean I would for those moments yes for those moments for all the little moments we had together where whether we skipped school and went to the mall or like we (laughs) you know like funny moments in in like English class and things like that I have those memories I don't remember, like, who did I eat lunch with? You know, like, those kind of things. I don't I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't have that memory of, like, bonding with anybody outside of our little group, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, lunch for me, I remember, was a giant table. And it was just, like, yes. we had so many friends. I mean, acquaintances. And then, well, and for the longest time, I worked, I think I just, of things because I worked that credit union stand during lunch so it was just like I kept myself busy so I didn't really have to choose a group maybe anyway and so speaking of high school then you when you went to Ball State and I was going to go to Ball State for elementary education but that got changed to (laughs) me not going um what originally did you go study for? Um, so I went there for telecommunications, so radio, TV, all that kind of stuff. Like I thought I was going to be a director. I wanted to do something behind the scenes of like mostly TV or movies. That's what I thought I was going to do. And what, what changed that? Yes. I wanted to live there. I just, there were no jobs in Indiana for what I was studying. So obviously wanted to continue in TV uh, as, as I got the internships. I'm like, I got my foot in the door. I'm here. You know, let's stick, let's stick with it and see where it goes. So I, that's what I did. I remember being pregnant with nothing you. Yes. Remember that we went to like pizzeria duet or something (laughs) or something, but I remember and like, well, as I was thinking earlier, I was like, man, I screwed up. Like, and I know we can't go back, but so instead of me going to Ball State and doing everything with you in the right order, (laughs) I like had that impulsive whim to just go to school in Chicago instead. And my parents were overly supportive where maybe they're passively supportive where it was just like, okay, you can do that, you know, and I think they also didn't want to like damper, be a damper on my dreams, you know? And I was just like, I want to go to Columbia. I want to study theater and music. And, um, and like my, our friend Taylor had, he was getting a roommate. It was like, man, I think we paid like 50. I had the, I think my part was 550 a month. And that was 5,900 North, speaking right. of where, like, I was 
way north and having to take the the L all the way down to the south side practically uh for Columbia but um like my my dream would have been to live in Chicago and that's where you are now and and still and I wish that so there's a lot of times where I really wish I was there and we were bringing up our families together but I got I got rerouted by you know feeling I I just didn't I couldn't find my way and and the structure that uh that devoured me was church and I like just like gave my life over to that church Mm -hmm. and that took me into like just straight into motherhood you know basically marriage and motherhood when you you were basically starting your career yeah I threw myself into work I was like I don't know about I have to be career focused. <laughs> uh, what did you think of of me taking that direction at that time? Can you remember? Well, I re- I remember when you you know we you introduced me to like fish and all the concerts and everything like that. Like you were like we gotta go see this band and it was like <laughs> 1997 or something 9697. I know. And so I was dating Matt, who's still my husband now, and you know, we all felt we were all in like Stephanie, show us the way, like take us to everything. And (laughs) you had so much great music in your car and like all this CD books you would bring to Ball State and everything. And, um, you know, I just trusted your musical opinion because you had so many good things to share, share. And, um, I remember you taking us to the concerts and then you got me into that stuff. And then you kind of fell away from, um, you start, stopped doing it. I was just like, okay, this is like the next chapter of my life. Like I'm going to do my job, but also like go see shows. And that's what I want to do now. Um, But I- I I missed out (laughs) on all of that. But then when you got married, I I remember it was like 1999, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember your wedding and I was with Sarah and Bob and we were all hanging out and I'm like, her wedding's tomorrow. And like, you're my, my best friend. I was like, you're getting married. And I'm not, you know, I felt like a I was in your wedding, but I wasn't like, I didn't like get to chat with you much about it or much to help you plan. I feel like I, I don't, you know, I feel like I wasn't really connected with you in a way yeah. that where we could have shared really deep thoughts about things, probably because Jeff was more that for you. Um, well, actually it was like the church took it over and yeah. they were planning it and doing yeah. everything and the moms were, and I was just like to show up, you know, I, I really felt like it, it was something that snowballed like, if if I can think of any metaphor, it, it snowballed and got so far ahead of me. And that's why, like, literally, I have so many defining moments in my life that I remember. But I mean, well, number one, we can go back to when I was even I even told you I was getting married and you were trying to be such a good <laughs> friend and a voice of reason. But I was just I was so in that church mode that it made me feel like I couldn't listen to any other person or voice that wasn't going to that church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like thing you said, I couldn't even take a consideration of it because it was against what I was being, you know, guided to. Right. And, and then I, I mean, I remember getting, I being in the hallway of the church, my dad getting ready to walk me down the aisle telling me 
you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And I wish, I, I just remember thinking, I wish, but that there's a giant church full of, you know, I just felt like there was no going back. And, uh, and that is the worst feeling in the world, especially (laughs) like when I'd married, like almost 18 years, I think. But, um, it was one of those things where I was like, this is the path I'm on. It's going to make sense later. Like it'll kick in later. Like it'll all like, I'll, I won't feel like this forever. I thought I needed to do it. But, um, but thankfully, like we stayed friends, which I'm so glad that I didn't let it turn off that part. But it did, it did make me miss out on because of how I would be viewed or, you know, like, oh, I can't live anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I still loved that music, but I just felt like it could, wasn't allowed to be a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And I, I'm so against that now. That's I'm on a mission to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone ever because like that was not healthy for me. Um, and of course, then I, I mean, I did the motherhood thing. I was a stay at home mom. You were focusing on prayer and working and I felt like you did everything in the right order. You and Matt were together for a long time before you planned your wedding and then got married and then had kids and I'm watching you now. And so your oldest is just than my youngest. Mm -hmm. So that's like, you know, such a, although (laughs) it's just a wild. It is. It's wild. Well, and it's, it's just a matter of like what you chose to do and what you prioritize. And I know that the church had a factor in that for you. It wasn't like, 100% 100% your decision. It was kind of like what you followed along with, whatever yeah. you said you should be doing, you know? And I personally just, of course, I was never going to like write you off as a friend because of anything you did. But, you know, you always said like, I can't believe you stayed with me and you stick with me. Like, what, <laughs> what was I going to do? You know, where was I going to go? I mean, I've cut people out of my life. Wow. I mean, Toxic know, people. Yes. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I have to I know what it's like to, I guess I just like, you were always really, you were a really good friend and you were a great example of all of I should have been receiving in this quote unquote church, you know, like, this, mm. but it, it was just unhealthy. Um, and I'm really glad to be out of it. And, and I loosened up through the years. I got, you know, I was able to, get further from it and I'm going to be on this side now but I um it's just wild to think about and I'm I'm just recalling when there was the time where you know I was still stay-at-home mom had I think you know I was just having babies and everything and this was before you were so you start I'm just trying to remember when you started your blog oh gosh <laughs> which I don't even I, remember was it 2000 seven or eight I don't know well it was before before having having kids kids. yeah so maybe around 2008 2009 or something like I was starting to think about it and oh I better get some thoughts down here I would love to go back and read some of that stuff do you still have it I'm sure I can find it it was like yeah crocodile something crocodile Mondays or something yeah (laughs) okay well and and here's a tip for anyone that had an old blog and isn't sure if it's still around even if you like don't have it anymore 
or whatever can't find it you can find old blogs of yours and other people's by googling the wayback machine do you know about the wayback machine i've never heard of that okay it's called the wayback machine and like there's some people who like they didn't renew domains or they just you know didn't keep up their blogger blog or whatever don't have a password for it anymore whatever don't have access you can't pretty much look up anything how it used to be like even your old blog designs and things like that if you go um go to the wayback machine um anyway yes i know so that's always fun but it's fun because you entered the height of the mommy blog <laughs> time with your blog and you're not a mom but you had so many friends of us were you were like oh, yeah. in it you had so many friends <laughs> mostly I feel like I befriended a lot of your friends um and then started following people and you would introduce me to them and I remember you saying that here's how you do a blog. And I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, how do these people make these look so good? I'm just going to write words and <laughs> whatever's, whatever's <laughs> there is there. Like, it's not going to be pretty pictures. I don't know how to do that stuff. Um, but this is just a good way to get everything out. And it was before like Facebook and everything that you could, even probably MySpace, where you could have some kind of page yeah. dedicated to your your life and that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of people hired blog designers. That's how Ooh. they had fancy blogs and like the beginners and things like that. But, um, and so do you feel like Facebook replaced that for you or do you, are you still writing anywhere? No, I'm not really. I mean, oh, I just don't know. There's just so many thoughts that are just staying in my head. And I hear you say stuff like putting things in your notes in your phone. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> I even do, do that. <laughs> I do it all the time and it, and they're just collecting, but I, they're really great to go back. If I want to like, you know, write. like, Oh, I want to write and I'm going to take some of these notes and turn them into something. You know? Well, well, I love the idea of what you said about re going back to your blog and writing a new updated version or rewriting something. I really yeah. hope you do that because that would be really interesting. Yeah, I definitely plan to, I just need to, some dedicated time which is another thing I want to talk to you about because you do so much and you work full time you've got two kids that are very involved in activities and you guys are always making delicious food (laughs) and going like wonderful family vacations and spending time with family and doing all these activities so do you have like a giant calendar on your wall (laughs) in the house or how does that go you do I do on the house yeah but um I I really rely on well now I rely on my outlook calendar and my phone to be like oh and now I have to do this you know to give Mm -hmm. myself little reminders and updates but I don't know I like to stay busy I feel like um with the kids and all that and just moving to this area without having any family nearby. It's more, it's important for us to be involved in our community. And so I'm on the PTA as well. And so I've met so many great people through that. And I feel like I've always lived here based on how involved we are. Like, I feel like we grew, I grew up here, even though I didn't. Um, and I don't know, like with work, it's just, um, for me, it was very hard. Um, it was fine before kids, but after kids, I realized that, there's going to be a balance and you're going to have to, you can't do it all and you can't 
manage it all and it's very hard. And this was all before COVID and work from home and all of that. I could never even imagine still doing it the way I did back then. But now I have a lot more flexibility, you know, to bring a computer home and work late or work from home while they're at school. Like, I feel like my life is finally, I finally have the balance that I've always wanted. Oh, with I that. love that. That's awesome. So how much are you in the office? Uh, well, we go in, I think we, well, she gave up, they have, we have like a bank of work from home days that we can kind of pull from as we need them. So there's no structure to like, you must be in this many days a week. It's like, if you want to use a work from home day, it's kind of like a personal or sick day. You have to log it like that. Um, so, you know, I think technically with what we're given, we should be in the office like three to four days a week. Um, and then we get more days next year. So, um, if I, you know, I guess, I don't mind it. I don't mind it now that they're in school when they're home and when they have like their days off school, I try to take days off or work from home on those days. But um, the commute, you know, the commute kind of gets to you after a while, but I'm trying to use that time to get something else done, like read a book or podcast. Sorry. Um, so on the commute, since I don't really drive to work, I did a little bit before COVID and, uh, or sorry, during COVID, I I took, I drove just because I was nervous about the train. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Like people getting back into that, but now I'm more comfortable on it and and, you know, ridership has gone down. So it feels nice. And I look at it as like getting settled before I'm in the office, like getting settled before my day, I can dig into a book or podcast or if there's work I need to attend to before I'm sitting down at my desk, you know, um, I can do that on the train. So that's awesome. And well, and then, so how do you manage like soccer practices and mm-hmm. games and things like that during the work day? So yeah, there's a lot of things that start as you find out as you get your kids involved. A lot of things start while you're still at work or while you're still, you know, commuting. Um, and so one thing I learned with Elise and I learned the hard way with my oldest is to try to not say no to things they want to do. And that's, you know, when she was younger, she wanted to be in Girl Scouts. And I said, no, you know, we can't make Girl Scouts work. They start at like three o'clock. That's just something we can't do. And I really, really regret and hate that I had to do that to her and not let her be, you know, involved in what she wanted to do just because there was no flexibility with work. It was be in the office Monday through Friday, nine to five, whatever fell outside those hours, you know, too bad. Um, and this is before I really knew anybody in the community to kind of help. And since then, I have made a ton of a village. You know, like we said, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. You've got to have those village moms. Um, that's what I've done through the rest of her life, <laughs> make the village. Um, and so now, um, it, whether Matt or I are working late or we can't get home, we've got someone to help take them or we've got, um, you know, Hey, I've got to leave work a little early. I've got to get to this game or practice or concert or PTA meeting or whatever it is, you know. And then, like I said, bring home the computer at night, get work done after hours if you need to, to make that up. Yeah, that's kind of like, well, thankfully, I'm in a better position now, like with a better boss. And I was going to mention that. So Ivy is in soccer and she's starting up and her first game is tomorrow and her games all start at four and I get off work at five and I mean, they start at four, meaning I need to get there before that. Right. Get all set up and everything. And so I was like, my boss is so some anyway about things, but you know, I try, I try not to ask for much. And I think part of me is 
through the years, like, especially going from stay at home mom to working mom and feeling like thankful anyone hired me at all. So I never wanted to like bring up Mm -hmm. like, like I need this or that. Um, I didn't want to that ever have to accommodate me, but I was, so I was kind of like dreading it up to her because I just did, it feels like a conflict to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so Ivy's soccer games start next Monday. And she basically didn't even let me finish before I could. She just interrupted me and goes, she goes, well, you never miss your kids games. That's my role. And (laughs) I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm like, well, some of them are like an hour away. And that might mean she's like, we'll work it out. You don't miss your kids games. And I was like, okay, that just like. It made my life so much easier in that moment. And yeah, of course, I'll, you know, get my work done, you know, so I have right. to, yeah, I, my, my work a lot is on my phone because it's a lot of, you know, real estate is done a lot on texting, you know, and so, and that is all hours of the day. And so I'm still kind of on, but I don't, but the nice thing I can completely turn off when I get home. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's just a really great feeling knowing that ahead of time, I'm going to be able to make her games and she's totally okay. If I can't, if like something comes up, it's fine, but to know that I'll be able to make most of them, if not all, it's really amazing and wonderful. It makes me really glad that I made the choice in switching to work for someone that gets it. Yes. And uh, who's also a woman and a mom. And I'm assuming that's the same for you. Um, so my direct boss is a mom, but she, her, her children are all grown up. And so she was a working mom when she was younger. So she gets it, of course, like, awesome. you know, I get that, you know, I wanted to have all that flexibility too. So I worked, you know, early and late, you know, just filled in the gaps where the kids have stuff going on. So yeah, it's something you have to have somebody can understand that situation because of course there's always the argument of, well, you didn't have to have kids. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get that. I will. And I definitely tell people I don't recommend you have four kids. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> but I have them and I love them. But I, I also have some regrets because when wouldn't even have thought to ask for them to accommodate me, you know, a few years ago, mm-hmm. because I, and now that I look back, I'm like, I could have totally done that or this and, and made things work. I think yes. it just felt easier to do nothing. <laughs> like, to oh, just I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And and because when we like before the divorce, I was always volunteering at school and doing the PTA, and that all abruptly stopped. Um, where I'm feeling now, I'm wondering, oh, can I sneak any of that back in? But right now, you know, I do what I can and like yeah. going, attending the games is, is mm-hmm. good or just like picking up from practice and things. Because for me, we, ha- well, we have like a crazy bus situation here, which I think is nationwide where transportation is just so wackadoo. So here, like they have bus drivers, they're on the bus forever. And a lot of times it means I do have to take them to school or pick them up. And so having a job that allows me to do that is helpful because I have been very bad at creating a village here. I don't have that. And I need 
did a poor job at creating a village here. I still need to work on that. Um, I feel like I'm slowly getting there because Ivy has a best friend now where I feel like us parents are there if we, you know, needed Mm -hmm. something, but we don't, we're not to the point where we use each other for that yet, you know, but, and then now, I mean, Ivy's 14 now. And so they're getting older. Um, when early in the divorce, Carter was 16 and driving and I had a vehicle for him. So he did so much and that maybe took away my need for creating the village that I should have been creating, you know, Yeah, because I just relied on him. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's, we're all working on it. You, yeah. and so aren't you the president of your people? I am. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I'm just kidding. Um, so I got involved when Elise was joining the the elementary school just to get involved and see what it was all about. And I really bonded and connected with the community, the, 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 the teachers and the school. And I loved it. And I loved helping. And I thought that was going to be the extent of it. And then as I started to go to more meetings and get involved, you know, the board who was leaving there. They are, all their kids were leaving the school and they're like, you really should be president. Like you're the one who knows the most you've been here. And I kind of fell into it. So um, just because I had my longevity with the school and the, the teachers and everything. So I took it over and then I was it for a year and then we had like the remote year. So we didn't really do a lot. So I look at that as kind of like a lost year of, you know, success and everything we could do. And then as we were building back up, I kind of stuck with it because Evan was now in the elementary school and I'm like, well, I just keep going and see how it goes. And, and now I feel like, and not to be mean, but I feel like you can't really leave once you're, you've started something, you know, not that I would, but it's also like nobody's stepping into my shoes right now. So I have to keep, keep it yeah. going, you know? Yeah. And Evan, is he in third now? Mm-hmm. Third. And yeah. does so it he, go up to? Yes. Fifth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I, but, Yeah. Oh, go, go for it. No, I was just going to say, but I will say I do have a great, <laughs> in case anybody of my friends listen, I do have a great board and support system of friends who have joined with me and it's not, I'm not alone. So I have definitely great help and support. I'm, I'm, if I had to do it all on my own, I couldn't do it. So that's so great. And how much of your time does that take up? Uh, so we have meetings once a month and then maybe separate meetings, you know, every couple of weeks just to make sure we're on track with, so I, my thing is I don't want to come to a meeting unprepared and I want to come to a meeting presenting to this, this school. I don't want to come asking for a ton of suggestions and help. I kind of want to have stuff to present. So, um, I want to come prepared and we're working on a fundraiser right now for the end of October. And so we've had tons of meetings over the summer to plan that kind of thing. And, um, to lead up to it and get it all set up and get it, the platform ready and get tickets sold. And so that's what we've been working on. So, it, you know, we kind of just like take on one thing at a time. Um, the people who were on the board before me, they were all stay at home moms. They could live at the school. They could make copies at the schools, mm-hmm. you know, be there to do anything in classrooms. And we're just not that way. Everybody that I, that I work on the board with is a working mom. Um, there's just not that stay at home mom sense anymore as far as PTA goes everybody does something for work outside the home that's so great I think that's what I felt like happened when I was so involved right before the divorce and actually like I remember when 
things just when everything was blowing up in my life and I was at the school like breaking down and those mm-hmm. were stoling me but it was mostly stay-at-home moms and I think I just felt like I I can't do this anymore I don't you know I don't qualify you know because I didn't all, I basically that was my job you know, and yeah. now I have to go get a job that pays me money, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't be here anymore. Uh, but I wish that I had a, a different mindset of seeing the, I think also I was just zapped. My energy was zapped and I just didn't have that. I, I think a lot of things had to follow. That was one of them. Yeah. But I really enjoyed being a part of it, but it was also feeling like well I know what it felt like being a stay-at-home mom and and watching the working moms and knowing they had limited time schedules you know and so me as a stay-at-home mom try to fill in yes. where they couldn't you know and I guess I wish I I think I still felt like such impossible being a working mom because I felt like I was more just in desperation you know I didn't really mm-hmm. feel I felt like I didn't fit in your category and now I feel like I'm a working mom and I love it proud of it and I you know it's a whole different identity <laughs> from what I envisioned it to be before probably not because of what the church kind of made me feel about as a parent and as a mother and where your place was right uh, and how I envisioned it and you know they kept a lot of, I feel like they kept a lot of secrets from us you know and I <sighs> now I'm where I am where I'm just like thankful for the days that go into the office because sometimes <laughs> it's literally my only space that's so yeah. mine and uh it's it's a feeling that's really hard to describe um, well, so when you're at home, what, what, what's your alone time look like? Where, when do you have just your time to yourself? So those happen on work from home days, <laughs> even though I'm working, I'm still making my own lunch and I'm listening to what I want to listen to while I work, you know, and I do treasure, even if I am working, I'm, I, it is my time, you know, to be there together. But then, um, the kids go to bed, I don't know, nine o'clock and we maybe get an hour of TV in there where you know, and my husband, Matt, so he like starts work really early. So he's up by like five o'clock most mornings. So there is not a lot of evening time together because he's Mm -hmm. very tired, obviously after a long day, but um, yeah. And then, you know, as I can fit in like nails over lunch or something like that, I don't mean, it's just kind of like where you can fit it in, you know? And yeah, but I, I don't have a lot of outside hobbies and interests that I need to do for myself. Like I'm not you know, a crafter or I don't do a lot of like fitness and probably should do more things, but I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> well, what about just quiet time or like reading? Do you, is your reading mainly commuting or is it relaxed time reading? Yeah. Commuting or yeah. As I find like an hour here or there, or like if I don't want to watch anything on TV, sometimes you just don't want to turn it on and you'd rather just open a book and keep it quiet and and not have all that stimulation. So I try that until I open my phone. <laughs> yes. Well, you have to close the phone. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I'm bad at that lately. Really bad at that. I know. Um, but I love 
you're always one of my friends that I know is always reading and you also love to read memoirs like I do. So yes, like we're always <laughs> like, you're the one person I know is going to probably have read what I'm reading or, you know, <laughs> yeah. all of that, which is awesome. Um, what do you, are you reading anything right now? I, I did start the uh, mini drivers memoir just recently. Um, oh, I haven't read that one. And maybe like 50 pages in. It's crazy. I don't know all these celebrities with these crazy parents growing up. And I don't know if it's a trend of everything I read where they have like a crazy upbringing. But like it's it was with her, too. And another one that I had had read as everyone. One of the funny things is that she was having this traumatic experience with her parents where her her dad and her mom got divorced. Her dad had a new girlfriend. They were on a trip and the girlfriend got in the fight with her Minnie. And they sent her away on a flight by herself to like go stay in Miami. And like the dad just like put a credit card and like she had to spend, she was just like probably my daughter's age. And I just can't imagine. Oh my gosh. Some of these stories these celebrities have of their childhood. It just, it freaks me out and amazes me. And it should make us feel like better parents. Oh, the other one you're going to mention was that Jeanette McCurdy's. Yes. Read that Uh one. I'm glad uh, probably in like two days or something. Yeah, that one. Did your so my kids watched iCarly Salmon Cat when it was on. Mm-hmm. Was that a show that your kids watched too? Well, they're reliving it through like Netflix or wherever it's on right now. I don't know what channel it's on Disney or yeah. Netflix, but um, yes. But had they been into that before you read? Yes, so you, yes. you knew who she was. Yeah, yes. so that's the same thing where I was just like. Well, I'm always, like, skeptical. I still feel, like, just this weird pang when I see a great actor in a movie or show that's a little kid. Because I just feel like they're great in this, but are they okay? You yeah. know, is someone, is someone advocating for them? Is someone watching out for them? It, it's so rough because, like, I enjoy these performances, but you know they're going to come out with telling you (laughs) what really happened and it just breaks my heart because a lot of them are not in the best situations I know well speaking of something that I started watching have you watched any of those shows on Hulu I think they maybe are from Vice or something called like the dark side of the 90s no I did start something I thought you told me about something with like Michael Jackson but I don't yes, know if that's that the one same show. Was, no, it's different. That one okay. was called something different. <laughs> and now I can't remember what that one was. It's a similar vein, but apparently there's two seasons of this show, and one was from last year, and the other one's from this year. And we started watching it. It's called like Dark Side of the '90s, and we watched an episode. It was like the Viper about the Viper Room. Oh, um, no. And it's really good, actually. But it's also heartbreaking because it's basically about young Hollywood back then. And the Viper Room used to be kind of like a secret place that they could go and be mm. themselves. And now it's known as the place that River Phoenix overdosed in front of. And that kind of that happened. It kind of took away the anonymity of the Viper Room. And then mm-hmm what it was but um the whole entire episode is really good and it's just eye-opening the just what it was like and back then it was like right before paparazzi started being such a huge thing mm. and i don't know i just can't imagine what it 
being a famous person. Well, uh, and it's, like, it's just, there's always such a big rush for everybody to grow up so fast. And that's what I'm trying to avoid, <laughs> you know, yeah. with our, with our young ones. But, um, I don't know. She, yeah. she wanted, she wanted to do some acting and I was like, we're doing this acting class, but that's the extent of it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to find you an agent and I'm not going to, that's not going to be our life. Like <laughs> we're going to stay. Well, and how fun are community project productions? I'm all yeah. about like, you know, community productions where they, you know, I have such good memories of just a feeling stage, even if there's not very many people in the audience. Yeah. That can be enough. I don't know. Yeah. It's scary. It's especially like the more I love that as people are growing up, that they're telling the truth and that they aren't, there's not as much keeping anymore. Right. People are being open and honest. And well, I've been reading, I, I told you that book, Acid for the Children by Flea. Yeah. Um, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that book is. It's definitely not for everyone, but the way he tells the truth and it's a lot of hard stuff, but he's just being truthful about it. And it's, he's saying things that I think a lot of people just keep hidden and, you know, they don't talk about, well, when it's not talked about, then how can we be better about anything or be there for people? I said, I have to put that one on the list. Yes. Well, and that one I'm listening via audible. And I love it because if you don't know this about Flea, he's a super emotional person and he's like, <laughs> he cries and everything. Aww. And so he gets really choked up and he shares a lot about things that he did that was when he didn't know better and now he knows better. Mm-hmm. So he, he shares about how he feels sorry for things and he, you could just hear it in his voice. Um, and he's so entertaining. I and he's a really good writer. Like though I've written down several words that he's used that I'm like, man, you heard that word used since <laughs> like Jane Austen. He talks about taking walks with someone and he said something like, I love our perambulations. Whoa. <laughs> I'm this like, is all that's him? like that's like from Pride and Pride. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's a writer and um, but just, you know, hearing his stories and he was a child actor and part of the book. Yeah. I'm just now getting into that, but he grew up in Hollywood and, um, it's just all very eye opening and makes me, there are a lot of stories about adults that made really poor choices for their kids. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should feel like maybe I'm doing little okay (laughs) there's I'm like oh god I I screwed them up what books are my kids gonna write about me but um I will turn 14 and we went to Red Robin for her birthday Thursday night and uh the kids fought over who got to sit by me oh that's awesome I know that was like I think I okay so what is it Sunday I'm still you know but, well, you always kept, you know, you always kept them like front and center and like, obviously with the writing and everything you did, like it they were always the main focus of your life, which I, of course you might've put work to the side, but then you look what you've done. Like, you know, look yeah. what you've become and raised and everything. Like, it's amazing. I hope that there's, I hope that is a true thing because I feel like now that I look back, I was 
escaping into them. That was how I avoided mm. other things, you know, was by escaping. And that was, it was a survival thing. I know now looking back that the parenting was um, just a, a way that I was soothing. Um, it was just like a, an excuse, you know, the excuse I could get away with. Um, and I mean, there were definitely good intentions about it, but, um, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I think now maybe time helps and age. I'm finding the actual balance in it all. Yeah. And, um, it's crazy because now my youngest is 14 and I'm like, ah, is time. And I, I am realizing there, there's always time. There's always still. Yes. Um, and that's just time's weird. Is that Matt? Yes, sorry. <laughs> They're on a bike okay. ride. Aw. <laughs> His little um, friend is with him, sorry. Oh. Um, okay. We've been talking almost an hour, so I, and there's more I want to discuss. I know, but... I know. It goes so fast. Well, is there anything you wanted to touch on before we start talking about, like, more pop culture stuff? Well, no. Uh, one other thought I had with the blogging, though, is, like, now that I see all these, like, people on Instagram and all these influencers, I really, I wish that you could, guys could have monetized those things a little more. Like what if you could have, you know, made that be a lot of people that is their job, you know, you know? Yeah. Like, it just is interesting to me that that a lot of moms are using that angle and, and I don't know, I don't know what else they're doing, but it seems like they're making good money from that stuff. You know? Yeah, there are. And I did monetize mine for a little while. I had like banner ads and I wrote for other sites and I loved that except for the, I didn't, I, on my blog, I didn't like feeling like I was changing my voice to you know meet the requirements or to be the look the sponsor wanted it started to feel um less authentic for me I guess and there's a lot of people that can do it authentic still I just found that it wasn't working in that for me and I started feeling a little iffy about how much I'd put the kids online and they were always so cool about it and I remember you know it was in middle school and it was when we moved to Ohio for that brief bit and he where the teacher had them google themselves and, okay. <laughs> and he thought he wore it like as a bag of pride or like he felt special because he had the most <laughs> look at all that's written about me he had so many photos and things and thankfully back then he didn't mind but you know that mm-hmm. I've made all of that private right now um although I guess you could use the wayback machine <laughs> I don't know if you can right now but that's that's why I kind of do I, I don't want to get rid of that I'm really glad for a lot of the stuff I wrote but there's I can I basically need to go back and see what I wrote, you know, and there's some things where I, I haven't decided how I'm going to handle like name, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that, that were in, Oh, sure. You know, I, I don't know. It's stuff I still need to explore and think about, but um, there, the influencer thing is like a whole other world. And to me, it feels like my spiritual energy just doesn't go 
find that Instagram makes me what like eyes hurt sometimes and I feel like if I was like because like even if I share one story now or something like that I I shocked when I see a reaction you know or like a message on it Mm -hmm. like who's messaging you know and then so I don't know I don't know what it would be like so like people are way more like hatery and um like back then I felt like comments were nice and Mm -hmm. people things are so different now I just don't know that I would have yeah I would like be able to take it yeah that's true you'd have to be able to monitor or yeah all that and I yeah and I think one thing I like about moving like being out here and not having that online presence in Oregon is then I could be more like nobody had to who I was (laughs) You know, like, because when I lived in Valpo or whatever, it, it was just like my life was there and, and online constantly. Yeah. And, and everybody was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel like it. I think that's what made it feel safer, you know, is because you felt we all like kind of did it at the same time. And it's kind of like that slow boil where before you know it, um, it grew, but you are still safe and small thing Mm -hmm. and um I think it I closed I closed it up I think at a time where when I was just like I don't know what I want to do I just froze up but um is there anyone you follow that you really like a lot that you're thinking of right now um for on oh just like Instagram or something yeah oh there's a couple like little fun moms I can't even think of their little like Lola Webb I follow her and then there's like this girl Alexa but they have like four kids or three or four kids and they all live in this sunny Arizona California weather and everything just looks beautiful and like they're always working on their houses and I'm like how are these people like during the day I don't see them like working I that's their work is just like keeping up with these stories and yeah you know pushing products and skincare or whatever they're doing and I'm always just like amazed by how other people live, I guess, when I'm, you know, working like so many hours every single week for a job, you know, that's probably not near what they're getting paid. But yeah, I don't know. That stuff just amazes me, like how other people are getting on with their lives and what they're doing. And they're so much younger than me. <laughs> I know. I I know. Well, actually, and even just like not online, but being in real estate and seeing the young people buying houses <laughs> right? is something. And uh, let's just say, I mean, I think this is okay to say, but a lot of people have a trust, a trust sure. fund. Okay. So that's one way that there's people. Yeah. You've got money and, in your family or something. Yeah. Or, you know, inheritance, you don't know what it is, but you know, that's one, a lot of people are able to purchase big things. And then, uh, you know, from just knowing people, there's a lot of people with nannies, multiple nannies, mm-hmm. house cleaners, um, you know, help like maybe their um partner also works or doesn't work, and that's part of their job too. Is like to focus on their real whatever they're doing, or <laughs> right, um, you know, or they get more help than maybe other people would. Um, and I've I've decided that I'm not like today thinking, you know, I'm not gonna just like hang my hat on the whole being a single mom and not having that second person to carry the load for me because that's, I feel like wasted 
air, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Um, because there many, many people harder than I do and they make it work and I can make it work. And uh, also I am a hundred percent happier on this side of life. So I, you know, this is how I choose to do life and that's what I, that's what well, it, it is amazing that, you know, you always ask how I, how do I do it and how do I get all this done? But like having that partner really for me, like if I had to do it alone and I had to have the kids and not have a, you know, partner supporting me and, and, picking them up and being at the practice or taking them wherever, you know, then it, then there's no way. I mean, I would definitely, I don't know how you do that without somebody helping you, you know? It's well, I relied a lot on Carter and now he's moved out. And so we're making adjustments, but we have, I have so much support from the kids being in school right now. And uh, I'm so thankful for their teacher. And I just somehow make everything else work. And they're really great kids and at being understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't ask too much of me, which is helpful. Well, and it helps that if they're a little older, too. Like, if you had split up maybe when they were oh, like yeah. six or eight or something, it would be a different story. It, a lot more needy. it totally would. And life would probably look different. And my job might be different or I might have, you know, have to make different choices. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really glad, like, even though thousands of miles away from you and family and everything, I'm glad that I've been able to stay here. I, because I do love Oregon. It's, it's hard being so far away from everybody, but I think in my mind that would be giving up (laughs) is moving back to yeah it's like I'm trying to make this work on our own Mm -hmm. also I don't want to move my kids to another school like that's that's like probably the number one reason (laughs) we're still here is like can we please stay in one school for an extended period of time because Ivy and Luna are basically out of the four the only two that are getting to have that experience where they get to keep the same friends through schools and things and yeah um when everything else is so chaotic I just want it sort of constant for them right and um and you know what you didn't have so yeah so you want them to have it yeah for for sure well well I've loved talking so what do you watch when you have your nightly hour of television time or whatever at night or whatever. Oh, yeah. what are you watching right now um well just kind of like whatever documentary I can start and then stop back up later I guess um, <laughs> that's me too yeah so we were watching that Arnie Hammer one I don't know if we I don't think we finished it but that was crazy that has like four episodes yeah three or four um um uh, I'm excited because I, I like that's where I do take notes is when I hear something coming out or I hear that something's going to premiere. I don't want to miss that stuff. So I do take little notes in my phone of like, Hey, remember that you saw, you know, this something on Peacock is going to come out in October. Cause I'll forget and I'll just move on to something else. But I want to, whenever I hear something, like, I guess there's like a Jeffrey Dahmer thing going to come out. I, it, I think that just <laughs> came out. Oh, did it? Okay. I was yeah. like, Oh no, another thing we have to watch. Um, <laughs> well, cause I started watching that Lori Vallow one. You did? Okay, I haven't did, started it yet. You started it? Okay, I started it. It's like a, it's in episodes. I think I'm only on episodes. It's very dateline but even better, like more detailed. 
I thought I knew a lot about that story and I found out, oh, I didn't know a lot about that story. And so that's an interesting one so far. Oh, have you watched Abbott Elementary yet? No, no. That's oh, that one I got to watch. That is uplifting. And it's okay. like 25 minute episodes or something. It's it's fast. And it it reminds me so much of like Parks and Rec. But, you know, that happy, but where you might like get a little bit choked up over something hmm. sweet, you know, okay. like when you see like the little bits of humanity in people. Um, I love that show so far. I think we've only watched two or three episodes ivy and i got into it and then i was like because it's in an elementary school and you see what really goes on behind the scenes for the teachers i was just like almost got choked up with ivy like saying because she has really they go through so much and we had like to stay for the the soccer parents meeting last week and i was like these people stay after work yep and they after a really already hard day, you know, they stay on extra to do this stuff. Yes, for you. And I know. I'm just like, it makes me cry because I just feel like you're so, and it's rare that her, there's even a girl's soccer team here. Mm. This is actually only their second year. She got to be part of the first. And um, because of that, that's why we have to travel because not a lot of places right close by have a girl's soccer okay. team. Have huh. people that can help put that on. I'm so thankful for teachers oh my gosh yes and it is it's not like these are not like separate coaches these are the teachers giving their time up after work like you said yeah Yeah. it's crazy yeah Yeah. and they like actually act like they won't be there I know and they're not like grumpy about it and I'm just thinking how do you have this such a good heart you Mm -hmm. know it's a special kind of person that they're not tired out about it yet are you okay? So we talked about what you're reading. What podcasts are your favorites right now? Um, so I always have to plug True Crime Obsessed because it's my favorite and it <laughs> just makes me laugh so much. I've never laughed so hard in my life as I do with that podcast. Um, but Matt and I got really into like Rachel Maddow and some of those like when they were covering like the trial with the insurrection. So I, I do my political stuff, um, and then I do like my true crime ones. Um, and then I have to plug a couple others. I really love, I'm listening to The Girls Next Door, which is the girls who lived in the Playboy Mansion, like Holly and Bridget. Oh, I loved that show. <laughs> the po- they're doing a podcast about their time. They're going episode by episode. Oh my God. From The sh- Girls Next Door. And it is so good. And they're really funny and smart. And and like they went to school while they were there in the mansion. I didn't know all that. So I was like learning about their lives. And I don't know, just kind of something to, to break it up. You know, the monotony of what I listen to all the time. Yeah. What about you? Oh, you know what I mentioned to you before? Did you listen to the prosecutors? Yes, I love them. Okay, do you still listen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, they the latest are you like up to date or do you kind of go around? Um, I what was the last one? Um, it's about oh god, what's her name? Like, um, because that one so funny because I would think those people would annoy me, but I really like how they do it. Oh, Ellen Greenberg. I don't remember if I She's, did that one. Okay, she they're on part three. So I kind of like, um, I like to stay current if it's a story that is intriguing to me. Like I really like the John Benet Ramsey mm-hmm. one, the Casey Anthony yes. one. Did you listen yes. to that? Yep. I was just like, oh my God. Okay, and then <laughs> this Ellen Greenberg, an interesting mystery because basically it's about was stabbed but 
her in her apartment with the latch locked like the you know that like hotel you like latch oh, yeah. where they're saying that it had to be a suicide because there's no way anyone could have latched it um because her boyfriend or husband found her like he came back from the gym I think he did it but okay. I'm, it's only on part three right now but like it's still a mystery because they ruled it a suicide but she had like a bunch of stab wounds it's really weird it's it's weird um but I love how they go through every detail and they because they're pros- real life prosecutors mm-hmm. and can discuss it uh, it it feels less like true like we're gawking at a true crime right. but we're learning like I'm learning the process yeah and I like how they teach you like why a jury will come to such and such decision or you know what legal things actually mean um that one I just find really informative but also I get my true crime fix um and then do you ever listen to family secrets no okay I love that podcast it's had a few seasons now <clears throat> she it's um Danny Shapiro is the the host and she wrote a book called inheritance and basically uh, her life was where she was raised believing someone different was her father and you know just like finding out at whatever age and how that affected her life and so all of the episodes are usually talking with someone who had a secret or a secret was kept from them their whole life and and some are really beautiful stories and some of them are like really big twists you know and uh just really vulnerable truths um and I think we're finding more and more that it's not so great to keep a secret like a family secret or mm-hmm. things like that, or talk about things um and it's definitely kept that for me when I'm like because like my family is big on secret keep, being secret keepers and I'm I feel like the black sheep in the way that I don't want to keep I don't want that cycle to continue right and but then there's people that don't want to talk about it so um, anyway, I love that show. And there was a recent episode called, it's like three episodes ago. It was called the, the Baby on the Boat. And it was a really great story. This woman and the, like the secret that her family kept. But the is that while I'm like listening to it, la da da going along, her family Corvallis, Oregon to Whoa. live. And I'm just like, what? I'm like looking, then this was years ago. So not like they still live here or anything, but I think she still is in the Pacific Northwest wrote a book that now I'm going to want to read um but it's just like always so wild when you like there's a lot of times I'll be listening to stories and there's some connect like something that feels like I have a connection to and I love those stories yeah um yeah crazy there's so many out there I kind of feel like what you just said reminded me of a couple documentaries I'd seen where someone was raised by someone who they were kidnapped by. And like, I, oh. I know another, I can't remember exactly yeah. which ones, but this happened to several times where I was like, this is crazy that this happens. And for yeah. years and years, it's a secret. Yeah. There's so many stories like that. And they, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I guess this will have to come to an end for now. And then after after all this, if I think of more great stuff, we'll just have to talk more. But thank you so much yeah. for agreeing to do this with me today. No, it was great. It went so fast, I feel like. Yeah, I know. Well, I hope you have an awesome week. I'm going to do some, some little prep now to 
strong week for myself. I feel like I am an impulsive person and I like to like fly by the seat of my pants, but that doesn't really work that great <laughs> in the <laughs> grand scheme of things when I get to the actual day and be like, man, I wish I would have prepared for this. So oh, I'm yeah. learning. I'm yeah, learning. it is. It is. Uh, you have to play it. I don't know. With the, especially with the activities, it helps to yeah. have yeah, some kind and- of plan. Yeah, we've got two soccer games tomorrow starting tomorrow or this week and starting tomorrow. And I know it's just going to, I don't, it's just going to bulldoze me if I don't stay on top of things. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a lot, but yeah. get through it. I don't know. I always like the quote that someone said one to me one time is like, you want something done, ask a busy person to do it. So I'm like, just what else you got? I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Cause I'm already in the mode. So just like, you know, got to keep going. Yep. Give me one more thing. It's fine. I can take I can take it. Yeah. You can. And you always inspire me. I just, I want you to know you've always inspired me. Oh, and I say a side note. You had said I introduced you to some good music or whatever. Side note. <laughs> you introduced me to Tori, who introduced me to Joni. And those are like, probably that's the most on my life oh musically like that still is in my life and like of what I enjoy singing and listening to and just that whole era that I want to go back and live in Laurel Canyon I know <laughs> it's, it's, isn't it funny with like this Kate Bush like um also yes. resurgence too like I totally mm-hmm. hear I totally hear Tori and I'm like I know. oh my gosh it's weird to hear your your favorite singer's influence like becoming popular <laughs> I know much and I just it, it makes me feel hopeful that like people it'll reach people somehow like if it's that great and good goodness will reach people so thank you stranger things although I think we've heard that song a little bit too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> everywhere it is but I love it I love that the I'm never going to be like oh these kids they are listening to stuff I listened to ages ago what was I just saying? Like, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, because my kids were watching Breaking Bad. Watched Breaking Bad, like Carter and Luna. They like, got, and I was like, watch that when it was out on TV, <laughs> like originally. But like, you know, I'm excited for them. I'm not ever just like, you know, in my day. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I yeah. love that the stuff that they're hearing that we listen to or, you know, yeah. whatever they get influenced by. You're like, oh, I used to know that song, too. Yeah, I love it. It is. Okay. Well, you're awesome. I love you so much. I love you. I hope you're great. It's great. Okay. Thank you for asking me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being here with us, Writing Threads Friends. If you want to rate and review the podcast, that'd be awesome of you. Want to pass it on to your friends? That would be cool too. If you don't want to, that's fine. Come back and see us again. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, Writing Threads Podcast. Just do some searching. You'll find us. Always happy to hear from you. Thank you. We love you.